Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Unscheduled CEO Podcast. It's Monday, the 30th of January, 2023. Let's do this. Good to be back. So we're trying something a little bit different this week. Uh, we're doing video. So I'm not exactly sure where this video is going to end up uh, right at this point. Um, but if you go to the Substack, so if you go to howtobusiness.substack.com um, and just click on this episode, or maybe it's in the in the description, uh, then you'll find out the new YouTube channel where this video is going up. That is, of course, if this video actually works. So what I'm trying here is the entire... So the approach that I've been taking to the last few episodes... Oh, I need to take these out. Now you can see on video, I'm taking out the elastics from my braces. Uh, uh. So if you've been listening to the last few episodes, if you know the general vibe of the unscheduled CEO, it's that I am creating a podcast. I'm creating content that is unedited, that requires me just to tap one button, everything starts recording, and I can get content out every week, no matter how I feel, no matter what's going on in the business. Today, for example, I actually have quite a sore throat, so maybe we're going to have to do a short episode. I'm, I'm definitely going to be speaking more quietly. Um, but yeah, I'm trying video. Uh, a lot of people have been requesting video. We've got, we've got to our first 1,000 listeners now. I think we're at 1,500 listeners to the Unscheduled CEO. Um, and now I want to try out video. I, I personally, for one, watch a lot of my podcasts on YouTube and um, I'm going to be, you know, I'm reacting to a lot of videos from YouTube. So I think it just makes sense uh, to get this out there on YouTube. But what I'm trying to do here, what's different, how other YouTubers do it is I'm trying to record the audio straight to the roadcaster here. So we've got the audio straight for the podcast. Plus, we've also got uh, basically the video recording at the same time. I don't know if this is going to work. I've got this OBS thing set up. I can change uh, to like, you know, react scenes. I can change to this. I can open this image. Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. I've been just like nerding out on how to do all of this uh, myself. So yeah, welcome back. And And again, look, if you're just listening to this on audio, that's no problem. Um, this will continue to be an audio podcast. Uh, but if you want to see the video version of it now, go to YouTube or, you know, there'll be a link. Like I said, please leave a comment. Leave a comment and let me know if you enjoy having a video option as well. Um, maybe I'll make clips out of it and whatever. I, I'm I, Basically, I'm just trying to scratch my own itch here because I watch a lot of YouTube videos and YouTube is pretty much my favorite uh, platform. So yeah, it's the 30th of January. It's the end of the month. And yeah, it's been a it's been a big month here at AJ and Smart. I think our biggest no, no, I don't think it's definitely our biggest uh, January ever in terms of revenue in terms of profit. Um, and if you're listening last week, you'll know that we ran this uh, big live event. That's actually something that I should probably have found the video for so that we could react to it. But I did this big live event 
last week uh, on Wednesday. And the goal in the previous episode, I talked about the fact that this is just really an amazing way to market things uh, at AJ and Smart. So we're basically selling a new course. It's called Facilitation Fundamentals. And this new course, we market it through doing these live trainings. And as of right now, now, so it's a few days later, uh, we did the live stream. We did, uh, Laura and her team did an amazing uh, email campaign. And out of this cohort, out of this marketing experiment, I think we're at approximately, by the time you hear this episode, about 80,000 euro in revenue from that uh, experiment, which is really nice. And yeah, that's something we're going to be pursuing. Again, I think live training is a killer way to give people a preview of what it would be like to be trained by you. So especially if you're selling online courses, it's a no-brainer to do a free live training that gives the production value, the vibe, and, and just shows people uh, you know, what type of person you are. Now, I'm hearing some pops and weird sounds here, and I don't know if that's actually going to come out. I, I'm not sure what's causing it. Um, hopefully, it's not appearing in the podcast. I've got so many things set up here, though. It's, uh, it's pretty chaotic. Okay, so yeah, the biggest thing uh, from last week was really just the fact that we ran this uh, marketing event and it was fun. It was it was definitely stressful beforehand and I do wonder if we could do this, if we could make the same 80K without me having to do those presentations because those presentations are a bit uh, annoying to create. I didn't create this presentation. Uh, Laura did, the person who's running the workshopper team. Um but it took up a lot of her time and we are starting to wonder whether or not this could this same amount of effort could just be put into um, an amazing email campaign. And I'm also wondering, like, am I really needed for this sort of thing? So let's see. This, If you're looking at the video here, this is cold brew coffee. The reason I'm drinking this is because I get heartburn a lot. And cold brew coffee is lower in acidity and uh, apparently gives you less heartburn. And I found that to be true, so... Dr. Dr. Courtney here. Yeah, so last week, like I mentioned, the big thing was that marketing event. The other thing is uh, something that's coming up tomorrow. Oh, yeah, and I, and I also said last week that I'll, I'll give you a feeling for whether or not I think this facilitation course is going to be add, able to add like another couple of million to the bottom line of AJ and Smart. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, this was a small experiment. I think it's going to be 100K by Wednesday. Um, it was a small experiment with a small slice of our audience. And I do think this is a multi-million euro product this year alone. Um, but let's see, let's see the, the experiments that we come up with so far. It's made about 200 K, uh, since our experimental marketing launches. And there's a couple of more experiments that are going on today. If you're watching this, by the way, and you see that my face keeps going out of focus, I'm still, I, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out this camera. Um, it's, uh, it's not that, it's not that easy to figure all this stuff out. Yeah. The other thing, another interesting thing, if you've been following me for the last few years, you might know that I've been in this mastermind called, uh, quantum. It is a 36,000 euro per year private community run by a guy called Sam Ovens. And Sam Ovens is this like, marketing god 
Uh, he's this leader in the marketing space. And uh, yeah, he decided very suddenly after, I don't know, after like 10 years of running this thing, you know, it's 36K per year, 100 members. So that's a lot of money every year that this guy makes from it. Um, why is this not focusing on my face? Focus on my face. Maybe I need to bring this light a bit closer. Here we go. Maybe that's maybe that's going to work. Yeah, so he decided really suddenly in December to shut it down. And uh the the final the final uh mastermind call is tomorrow evening. It's going to be really interesting after, you know, so I I've been personally in this mastermind for about 4 years and honestly, I think everybody everybody listening to this podcast if you are running a business and you want to really learn quickly figure out how to make more money the best way to do that is by learning from people who've done it already and for me i looked to work i looked to sam ovens when i thought about okay i want to sell online courses who is doing that better than everyone else right now and it was sam ovens and yeah i just decided to yeah basically join his inner circle so that I could ask the person himself, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? And it was a complete game changer for me. Oops. It was a complete game changer. You know, we, we were able to make a couple of million by ourselves without uh, getting help from Sam. But once we joined the mastermind and showed him what we were doing, it was so easy for someone who is, you know, I, I wrote this article before. Maybe I'll actually read it in this episode. But the idea that you can talk to someone who's already been there, I, I say it's like the person who's climbed the mountain uh, is is coming back down and can just tell you, oh yeah, just take this path and this path and this path, and then you'll get to the top of the mountain in an hour. Whereas if you don't join a mastermind or if you don't get help from other people, you have to figure it all out yourself. And I always find it really strange that so many people are so have so much pride and so much ego that they won't ask other people for help or they'll ask like one time and then just give up. Like one of the things that I think has set me apart from a lot, of, there was another pop. <laughs> Where's that pop coming from? I think there's static. I think there's a bit of static here because there's so many devices plugged in. Um, sorry, these pops might keep happening. I don't know why that's happening. Um, well, I'll listen back later and see if it's actually in the recording, but I guess it is because everything I hear here is pretty well. Okay. So yeah, for me, I, I do, I do think, um, a lot of people that I know who are, you know, very special, very talented, but don't get very far. They tend to be the people who are very skeptical, skeptical of, or, or don't even think about, uh, taking help from people who've already done what they want to do. Um, I remember when I was joining Sam Oven's uh, mastermind, uh, a couple of people were like, why the fuck would you spend 36K on stuff you can just find out on the internet? Um, and I was just like, yeah, but just being around this person who is where I want to be and being around people who are you know, able to spend that amount of money to be in a community who are all trying to make themselves better, that alone is going to bring me forward. That, just, just that alone is going to move me forward. And I think for me, it's always been a thing that as soon as I can spend money to get ahead, if I have the opportunity to, and I know 36K is a lot, and, and this is just because I'd been running AJ and Smart for such a long time, 
But if I can spend money to get mentors and mentors who can bring me forward faster, I'll always do it. Um, but even in the beginning, you know, there's a lot of people who will not uh, like mentor you for money. For example, me, I don't have a mastermind program. And so I will not mentor you for money. And so to get someone like me to mentor you, uh, it's quite difficult. You basically have to just be my friend. Um, or the closest you can get to it is by being in like our higher tier programs. And uh, once a week you can chat to me, but it's still in a group setting. And if you look at a lot of the things I've done over the last few years with this mentorship thing, uh, I, with Jake Knapp, for example, or even working with someone like Kevin Rose, I really thought long and hard about how can I, uh, how do I actually give value to these people who are way ahead of me? who if I had access to their network or if I had access to their knowledge, it could bring me really far ahead as well. And I just had a good think about how I, how I can help these people and how, how can I help them in a way that's not creepy and not weird and not, there was another, there was another click. Hmm. Maybe I'm going to have to, it must be the static thing. Cause I keep getting electric shocks actually. <laughs> so yeah, like how can I do this in a way that doesn't, you know, piss them off. And, you know, I get a lot of people contacting me on LinkedIn every day or wherever on Instagram. And they're like, Hey, John, can we have a coffee? And I'm like, zero effort, zero effort has gone into that. Um, and I, re I start to realize that the way I do it is so much better. And, and I, cause I used to always think, Oh my God, I'm so lucky that I'm getting access to all of these people. But then when I see how people try to access me, I'm actually insulted. It's just like, oh, hey, uh, I'm coming to Berlin, let's meet. It, it, for me, that's uh, kind of a uh, presum presumption that I just have nothing better to do than just to hang out and, and, and give you my advice for free. Um, and of course, then I have to be, I don't want to be mean. And so I'm usually like, oh, I'm sorry, look, that's not something I'm going to really have time to do. I'm too busy. And also I'm unscheduled and I don't want to make a meeting. Um, but yeah, most of the time people reach out to me and they have absolutely nothing to offer. Um, and I, t I think I spoke about this on episode one. There are methods to figure out, like, how do I, how do I figure out what this person wants and what this person needs so that I can provide value to them so that they'll give me access to their networks and, you know, let me into their inner circle, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this is, by the way, this is if you don't, have the money to pay for a mentor or if the mentor that you want to work with uh, doesn't have uh, some sort of program. Um, there are so many ways. Like, you know, you might be listening to this now and you might be uh, a bit lazy and you're like, oh, well, Jonathan already has everything. Well, yeah, but actually, if you think about it for two seconds, if you think about what might it be that I want right now, um, that you could help me with. Well, one thing that I want right now is for this podcast to grow, <laughs> a really obvious thing. And another thing about that, like, you know, we have a lot of, um, I get like hundreds of bullshit spam emails a day of people trying to work with AJ and Smart, um, like give us services. One of the most common services that people reach out to us uh, with is like, hey, we'll do um, YouTube clips or YouTube reels for you. So they reach out and they say, hey, I want to do this YouTube thing for you. Hey, I think this will be great. Then I have to read through the message. I have no idea what this person is like to work with. 
and I don't know if they can actually do the job and I have to respond. Whereas the way I would do that is just, you know, spend the 10 minutes making one of these examples and say, hey, this is an example of what I could do for you. Um, would you like me to do 50 of these for a couple of thousand euro? And that's another thing, like when we are doing these live streams, like I did last week, our audience gets to see two hours of me in action for free uh, before they make a choice whether they want to see eight hours of me in action for free in a teaching environment. And I think a lot of these, a lot of these things, a lot about a lot of getting what you want. And I think next week I want to do a whole episode on getting what you want. A lot of getting what you want is just being less lazy and a little bit more clever about uh, how you go about it, because a lot of getting what you want is about being in contact with people who've already been there before. At least for me, it was very valuable to get in contact with people who are way ahead of me, who are maybe making 20 million euro, running a bigger business than me. You know, nothing beats being able to sit down with someone for a week who's running a business that you'd like to have in 10 years from now and being able to skip, you know, maybe eight years of it just by learning the mistakes from them, just by having dinner with them, just by hearing the real shit. And you'll never get that if you're super lazy and don't put any effort in uh, to building a relationship with somebody. And I think that's really, uh, you know, the the Sam Ovens thing I find really interesting because a lot of a lot of people that I was working with or a lot of friends, a lot of entrepreneurs who were uh, wanting to build online course businesses, um, I would just tell them, "Hey, join Sam's join Sam's uh, mastermind." And they're like, nah, there's no point. You know, I'll just do this first. I'll try it myself first for a while. Then I'll see. And I used to always say, yeah, but you know, Sam's not going to do this forever. He's, he's so rich now that this, this sort of thing doesn't really matter to him. So as soon as he's bored of it, he's just going to stop. Or as soon as he gets something else that he likes to do, he's going to stop. Um, and now as of listening to, you know, as of the day this episode comes out, you will never be able to join Sam's mastermind again. You'll never have access to Sam Ovens again, likely. And that's the end of it forever. So the person who is the most successful online course seller, one of the most successful uh, online course sellers in the world is now off the market um, doing something else and inaccessible, not on any social media platforms. And and I'm very grateful that I managed to actually uh, have access to um, Sam's mastermind. So yeah, if you ever have the opportunity to, one of my rules is if I ever have the opportunity to pay to spend time with somebody who has what I want and I can, and it's not going to like ruin my life to pay for it, uh, then I will pay for it. But in general, I, you know, I don't ever do a deep cost benefit analysis. It's like, oh my God, I can access Sam Ovens for 36K. Can I afford 36K? Yes or no? If yes, if there's any way, yes, then I'm just going to do it. Um, whereas I have friends who will be like, yeah, but like really, am I going to get exactly 36 back? And it's like, oh, fuck's sake. Um, you're not, you're probably, if you're running a business and you're thinking about it at that level, it, it's going to be slow, a slow burn for you anyway, I think. So yeah, Sam Ovens mastermind shutting down. It's a big deal. And uh, I'm, I'm very curious to see who I end up learning from next, who my, who, who my next mentor is, um, who I'm aiming for next. I mean, I'm, I'm not even sure. 
Like there's a lot of, uh, I've, I've already had the honor to spend time with a lot of really amazing people who are very far ahead of me. Um, another thing that's really helped is uh, joining this program called EO entrepreneurs organization. If you're, if you are an entrepreneur, um, and your business is already making more than, uh, you have to check the, the rules for your country. Uh, I think in Berlin, in Germany, it's a million euro per year. Uh, in New York, it's like 5 million per year. But if you actually already hit, hit that checkbox of the minimum, uh, required earnings, you should definitely also join that so that you're surrounded by other people who are probably ahead of you in the game. Uh, and that's really going to help. Like the, the the stupidest thing you can ever do is just try to do all of this by yourself. Uh, says the guy who's doing this entire audio and video setup by himself. Uh, when there's an entire film, like like I could just sit with my team and they could help me do this. But I I'm like stubbornly doing this by myself because it's fun and it's not really going to slow me down. Um, but yeah, it's it's it's. Um, yeah, Sam Evans thing shutting down made me really think about it, that there's so many people who will now never have that opportunity who could have had that. You know, I even had a mastermind two years ago. It was called the board and I shut it down because I didn't feel like doing it anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I, when I was, when I was selling it, when I was thinking about it, I was like, holy shit, like I'm really giving people access to me every week for two hours in a small group this is great like this is this is something that i think a lot of people who are trying to build similar businesses to aj and smart i think this is something that would be valuable for them but you still have people you know you still have people who are like oh i I think i was charging 15k per year um and you still have people who are like oh 15 nice i suppose i could just spend that on like reading more and you know, doing, doing it the hard way. And I understood it, but I always felt like those people were missing out on an opportunity to ask someone, me, um, you know, how, like just basically get these massive shortcuts. And now that program is gone and I'll probably never do one again. Uh, and only about, I don't know, 20 people or 25 people ever got to be part of that. And the other thing you don't really think about here is that these people who are part of that program, I just got to know them much better. And I, I also hang out with a couple of these people as well now. And so it's like a free mastermind after a while. And, and in, the, in the same way, um, I, like off the, off the books of the mastermind, I'm always chatting to Sam. I had a four-hour conversation with him, uh, Sam Ovens. I had a four-hour conversation with him uh, a few weeks ago, just chatting in the evening while I was eating dinner. Um, and just just like just being able to have relaxed casual conversations with people who are much 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 more successful than me uh nothing really beats that if if you ever got if you ever get the opportunity take the opportunity um if you find a ma- by the way this is not a sales pitch i have nothing i have nothing to sell i have no mastermind um but yeah if if you have the opportunity there's two, there's two things about it. Actually, let me, so today's episode, I should probably say this at the start. I got this feedback <laughs> from my team. This episode, I'm going to, I found this video and in this video, or one of, one of our workshop or master students did a full breakdown of our business model. And this student uh, did a little bit of freelancing for AJ and Smart 
and like so he actually worked uh, for us. And while working here and talking to me and we had a phone call, he figured out the entire business model uh, of AJ and Smart over the years and how it changed. And, and, and I thought, oh, getting a message here. And I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, let's have a read here. Oh, I'm just going to pause that. Uh, one of my uh, notifications is take tiramisu out of bag. All right, we're going to go. We're going to put that away. So yeah, a uh, guy called Spencer, he made a video breaking down our entire business model. So that's that's something I'm going to be looking at today. Um, it is, let's see, it's mm, this video here. Uh, yeah, business model shifts, how AJ and Smart created, a two, created two multi-million dollar companies. So that's going to be the video I'm going to be looking at today. Uh, really, just to close up this topic here though, um, yeah, so th- you you always have these two paths to getting a mentor. And these two paths are A, you pay for it, you pay for them, or B, you are smart and know how to provide value to people that you want to have access to. And um, you're not lazy. <laughs> like the laziest thing you can do, and it's it's also kind of like, it's also not, it also kind of ruins your chance is just messaging someone and being like, hey, let's hang out. And even in that case, it would be better to say, hey, look, I know you probably have a lot going on. And um, even just that basic bit would be at least a bit more respectful. But the amount of emails, the amount of LinkedIn messages I get just, Hey, let's hang out. Hey, can we? Hey, can we jump on a call and you can help me with my portfolio? I've gotten so many of these; it's unbelievable. It's like these—I don't even know what's going on in the head of somebody who who does that. Um, and often, if I don't reply, they're like, "Oh, uh, what are you too important?" Blah blah blah. It's like fucking hell. Um, you want something for me, so put some effort in. Like, yeah, the the, the pe- people who put effort into things and think about what other people will want generally are more likely to get what they want. And especially if it's about getting a mentor, you especially if the mentor, which is likely going to be more successful than you, especially if they don't really need anything, you have to do the work to figure out what they want. And you also have to have this which I have, it's like a, I don't even know what to call it. It's like a threshold where you basically provide so much value. Uh, you, you provide way too much value. So for me, I will literally provide value for years and 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 years, and years before even asking for any help or, or asking for anything, even if I ever do. Because for me, it's already really amazing to be able to spend any time with these people or just to work with them. Um, What people often do is they think it's like, oh, I'll do this one thing for you. Hey, why don't you want to meet with me now? It's unbelievable. It's uh, uh, If you're listening to this podcast and you're looking for a mentor, and if you think it would be valuable to have someone mentor you, please don't be stupid about it. There's like a an article from a guy called Ryan Holiday called The Canvas Strategy. You should definitely read that. It's about like how to how to actually uh get 
access to people who are more successful than you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, yeah, I wonder should I? By the way, I'm a little bit sick today. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier, but my throat is is fucked. So, yeah, I did mention it. <laughs> it's uh, it's not good. I'm so curious. I I haven't heard that um static pop for a while now. So maybe that's solved. Maybe I have no idea. Okay, let's um. Mm, it's 28 minutes. Let me have another sip here. So let me summarize that. <laughs> Two things. One, Sam Ovens, uh mastermind is shutting down. It was great. Uh, it, it was a game changer for AJ and Smart. The over 120K we paid for it paid itself back multiple times over. Um, so Sam, I know you're not listening to this podcast, although I know you've listened to some of them. Uh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for letting us, uh, into your, into your world. And it's sad to see you go. He's now, uh, building school.com, S-K-O-O-L.com. Um, I can show you what that looks like, uh, cause I actually... Our communities are built on school.com. If I press control two, here we go. So here's school. It's, you know, if you're listening to the audio, it's basically a community. It's a, it's a website. It's a piece of software, a website, whatever, a service where you can build communities. And we've built our workshopper master, which is our high tier community and our facilitator club communities on here. This is the facilitator club, club community. It's just an, it's a really nice, um, tool to build communities and it, I, I don't don't remember what it costs per month i think it costs 99 dollars a month or something like that um but yeah sam runs that now and he's sold consulting.com which is his business uh to another guy actually an irish guy so consulting.com is no longer owned by sam ovens it is being run by some irish guy who's not me all right all right so sam's quantum mastermind End of an era. End of an era. I'm going to drink to that. Um, now I have ice in my mouth, so I'm going to wake this one up. Mm. And please, 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 if you listen to this podcast and you're trying to get ahead, mentors are a really valuable thing. Find people who are, and, and don't like Google, hey, I need a, a mentor. Uh, like don't don't find people who actually call themselves mentors. Look for people who are where you want to be. That's what you want to do. Look for people who are where you want to be. And then you just have to be smart enough to figure out how to get their attention and to get them to want to uh, hang out with you. And if you can't, that is, it's just your lack of effort. To be, to be honest, I know I should be like, well, here's the exact step-by-step -step process for finding a mentor. But actually, it's uh, fucking effort. Put some effort in. Like, you can literally spend time with anybody. Maybe bar the president of the United States or something. But I've never not been able to get access to someone who's way more important than me. Even when I was, even I mean, I'm still a nobody to most people. Um, but even when I was a zero body and just like uh, starting out in UX design, I was always able to get in the room 
uh, with people who were way ahead of me um, just through putting in some fucking effort. I'll give you some examples. Um, Jake Knapp, right? I didn't, Jake Knapp, the guy who wrote the book Sprint. Um, how did I end up being friends with him and how did we end up working together? I didn't just message him and say, hey, I want to meet, teach me stuff. Um, first, I wrote an article, uh, which I thought would make his book look really good. It was an, and, and hopefully it did. It was an article about how we've been using the design sprint process for uh, doing sprints with the World Food Program. Um, I could have easily just been like, like a lot of people don't use those opportunities. Like I was, I, I really clearly stated in that article, this is Jake's book. You know, we, everything we've done here is because of the book. The book is amazing. And it's true. And then I, I sent that to Jake. Um, first email I've ever sent to him. I just said, Hey, I've, I've written this article. Um, I think it could be cool for your like, you know, test, uh, case studies, uh, about design sprints and they loved it. And then, um, when he replied to it, I responded saying, by the way, I'm going to be in San Francisco um, this, in February and I would love to hang out. I also have a, an idea of something that we could do together. Um, and I went to San Francisco. I presented him with a business proposition, which was, I think, very attractive. So already I came with something very attractive. Um, and then after a while, I also started, I offered to run this podcast, the Jake and Jonathan, uh, product breakfast club podcast. I took all of the production side of it, all of the financial side of it off his hands. And I never, I never asked for anything because I was already getting an amazing time hanging around with Jake, right? That, that's an example of some getting access to someone who's way ahead of you, um, and has an amazing network by actually providing value, like really, you know, actually providing value. And most people say, yeah, but I have nothing to provide, blah, blah, blah. It's, it is a bit of, it is laziness. Um, I'm sorry, it's laziness. I know I, maybe I'll get some shit about saying this, uh, but I decided after the last three episodes, the last three episodes, because I'm always so worried about angry online mob, I've been like, I know it's really privileged to say this. I know it's really privileged to say that. Um, but I want to stop having to say that every sentence. Um, this podcast is for people who want to be entrepreneurs, who want to build businesses, um, who are interested in seeing the behind the scenes of a multi-million dollar business. Uh, I don't want to be like, oh yeah, well, this is very privileged for me to say the entire time when, uh, you know, the the... It's kind of, it's just a thing I, I will have to say be, before every sentence because it is a business podcast. Okay, so, oh, yeah, it keeps peaking, but maybe I should just listen to the the roadcaster here. doesn't say it's peaking, so I'm just going to stick to that. I'm talking about the audio. All right, so we've got the, the video has been working so far, maybe. You'll see on YouTube whether it's working. I think what we can do is take a quick break, which is going to be tricky for me to do on this double set up here we're going to take a quick break and what we'll talk about afterwards we're going to look at this video uh breaking down the entire aj and smart business model from scratch and i'll react to it i'll tell you what's correct what's incorrect uh i'll i'll give you kind of the behind the scenes uh so if you've ever been curious about literally everything about how we make money at aj and smart 
um, this next section will be for you. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to hit pause here. Uh, so if you're listening on audio, bye-bye. Talk to you in a little bit. Okay, I did that wrong. <laughs> uh, let's try it again. Let's try it again. Let's try that again. Let's try that again. All right. Okay, we're going back here. Okay. Okay, okay. Stop that. Stop that. All right, let's try this again. And we are back. Welcome back to the Unscheduled CEO Podcast. We're now going to be looking behind the scenes of a leaked AJ and Smart Business model. So, an ex-AJ and Smart employee has leaked our business model. That would actually be a really good title, I think. <laughs> I don't know if he'll like that. Uh, so, because Spencer worked at AJ and Smart as a freelancer. It's not really technically an ex-AJ and Smart employee. It's not really true, um, but it does sound more dramatic. So we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, so Spencer was working on the consulting team at AJ and Smart. I actually don't really know what he was doing uh, on that team, as in I don't know what projects he did uh, because, like I said, I'm not, maybe you know this, I'm, I'm not super involved in the day-to-day of running the consulting business. Um, but yeah, he, he was working on the consulting business in 2022 and he contacted me in December or November, 2022. And he was like, Hey, I want to do this video. I want to do this breakdown of the AJ and smart business model. I already have a pretty good idea how it works. Um, would you be up for having a call? Um, by the way, relating to this previous, uh, topic, like why did I jump on a call with him? Like, why would I do put this effort into helping someone? Well, he's in our highest tier program, Workshop or Master. People in Workshop or Master, I gen, like generally have easier access to me just because they have, um, we have these weekly calls and I'm on most of them. And so, I don't know, I just get to know people a bit better. And of course, um, also a lot of people at AJ and Smart get hired from that group. So my team is always looking for new people to hire or use as freelancers. Um, and yeah, Spencer got hired from that group. And I was just like, yeah, sounds sounds good. You know, just call my phone. Um, and so while I was walking home from work and doing shopping, uh, I answered some of Spencer's questions. And he came out with this really fucking good video. I'm really impressed. Uh, I, I actually haven't, I've only watched like, <laughs> bits and pieces of it, but I'm very impressed in general at the production quality. Um, so yeah, I thought we, let's take a look at that video or listen to that video and let's see if he got it right. And I don't know how well this is going to work in audio and I don't know how much of it I'm going to watch. Um, but he's using the business model canvas, um, to kind of break down our business model. Uh, so let's move to reaction, the reaction visual and I'm going to go, he posted it in here in the workshop or master community. And I'm just going to jump straight to YouTube. Have you ever wondered how some, Oh, uh, let me just make sure that's working. 
All right. Have you ever wondered how some businesses seem to be able to reinvent themselves time and time again? Well, in this video, I'm going to talk about how AJ and Smart reinvented themselves twice, moving from a struggling agency to a... Moving from a struggling agency. All right. Interesting. Uh -huh. All right. All right, Spencer. A global leader and enabling people like you to completely change the way they work. Skipping know that because it's been brought so vividly into every part of our lives in the last few years but just knowing oh i i probably skipped something important there no but i'm gonna skip ahead um what is business model innovation okay aj and smart let's skip ahead to aj and smart there's one company oh by the way uh a spencer iris uh is his channel s-p-e-n-c-e-r-a-y-r-e-s if you want to watch this video that I know very well that has transformed their whole business model, not just once, but twice in the last six years. And that's AJ and Smart. And for those of you that aren't familiar with who AJ and Smart are, they're a Berlin-based... By the way, this is not like an ad for AJ and Smart. Spencer is making this because he wants to make his own content and get his own followers. And he thought this would be a good idea. And I actually do think it's a good idea um, using like piggybacking off a, a company that you've worked for and uh, making content from that. Design Studio, best known for delivering design sprints to corporate clients, as well as teaching people how to run design sprints themselves. But things haven't always been like this for AJ and Smart. I'm going to tell you this story of AJ and Smart's two business model innovations that have catapulted them to where they are right now using the business model canvas by strategizer so in order to get just to be clear we didn't use the business model canvas to come up with our business model uh that just developed over time and he's using the business model canvas to present it visually and talk about it an accurate picture of the steps that aj and smart actually took i managed to have a chat on the this guy spencer's like video setup is so much fucking better than than mine phone with the founder and ceo jonathan Corn. That's me. Now, as an aside, that call was full to the brim of value. I'd love to share all the insights from that conversation, but that's going to have to be saved for another time. So let's first take a look at how AJ and Smart's business model used to look. So as you can see, I've got a business model canvas. Mm. I'm not sure exactly how this is going to work in audio. Like I said, I'll just shut it down if it doesn't. Um, but he's got a business model canvas. I, I think it's going to work audio wise. So just, just be patient. But again, if you're on YouTube, uh, you should be able to see this. If I've actually, have I hit the record button? Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's watch this by strategizer inside a Miro board, which is my tool of preference for delivering remote workshops as well as pretty much everything. In fact, see, he's advertising his ability to run remote workshops which i really like this is good content creation he's giving value well there's there's three things here that are actually really cool number one he has actually created content that i am going to react to which you know pushes people towards his content um it i also then pay attention to it uh he then is showing he's giving value because people want to learn about our business model but he's also, so he's kind of, you know, using something popular-ish to grow his channel. But he's also then talking, showing what he does through doing something else, which is cool. So that clients know that he does this stuff. 
probably live most of my life inside a Miro board <clears throat> these days. It's that good at all. Now, firstly, let's have a look at the proposition, the value proposition for AJ and Smart. So essentially, AJ and Smart were a full stack design and development agency doing pretty much the same thing as you can imagine most design agencies do. And the relationships that they have with their customers, it's all based around a brief. You get the idea here. Nothing special, nothing unique about this agency. They would find... Yeah, we were pretty much a boring UX design agency that did like websites and apps and all that kind of shit. People that needed a website building or a design doing, they would base it around a brief and the scope of that would depend basically. Oh, Spencer, I can actually hear like a kind of like a noise. There's some noise in the background of your audio. It seems to be coming from the mic. I don't know if you're listening to this podcast, but there maybe you're using one of those uh, cloud boosters on your mic and it's creating a little bit of noise. I can hear it because I thought it was coming from my headphones there. On the budget, I remember in the... I mean, it sounds amazing, but there's a little bit of noise there. Paul I had with uh, Jonathan Courtney, he would talk about putting a price out for a, a piece of work. And if it's too much, they'd then just arbitrarily change some of the numbers so that they're reducing the amount of scope and the amount of days that they might be working on it. That's really what the business model was based entirely on. A company needing some work doing around the UX or design or development world, they would scope out how many days that would take. I remember <laughs> I remember making these uh, fucking proposals for companies and it's like 12 UX days, 10 UI days, 20 development days, and it's, I don't know, 25,000 euro. And then the client comes back and says, uh, we don't. We we actually only need 18 UX days and can we reduce the development days down to like 22 and we're like, yeah, sure. And then it's 22,000. It was all arbitrary. It's all made up. By the way, that's what every agency does. And then depending on the budget, get the work or not get the work. As you can imagine, the channels to find those organizations, those businesses that need some of that work would have been things like word of mouth, would have been testimonials, would have been their website that they had basically competing in a very saturated. We actually didn't have a website for quite a long time. Um, we did have you could go to AJSmart.com. By the way, sorry, my voice is really getting fucked up now. Um, you could go to AJSmart.com, but uh, there was nothing on it pond with a lot of other agencies and of course what that means is from their revenues perspective they got work for the amount of days that they did they earned more money by selling more days by making the scope look bigger and it was always a little bit of a guesswork to try to figure out what price you should be selling things for the fairly standard day rates very difficult to grow and scale from that position yes. i'm not going to focus too much on the other side of the business model essentially how they operate because you can kind of imagine they've got ux designers they've got developers they've probably got some kind of sales team and maybe a small kind of marketing function as well to try to get that new business well in the beginning uh we didn't have any marketing people uh, we didn't have any salespeople. That was basically me and my co-founder. It's nothing groundbreaking. What I'm going to do, though, is talk about that when we go on to the next stage, which is their first business model innovation that transformed them from a homogenous agency like everybody else into something really quite unique. So before we go into the big business model innovation that happened... One of the things I wanted to talk about was a catalyst for why this change happened. And when I had the conversation with Jonathan Courtney, he said that he was inspired after reading a book called Built to Sell. Yeah, I read it. I read it over Christmas uh, one year and I was just like, fuck, 
which is a story really about how you can take a business that isn't really sellable, as in it's not really worth anything if someone wanted to buy it, and turn it into a business that could be sold. So he'd read this book and he was exploring what kind of things he might be able to do to his business to make it more sellable and more attractive to potential buyers and essentially make sure that that business is sustainable without him which is one of those core messages of that book and then such a big thing um i always find it weird when i meet like someone who's been running an agency for like 15 years or 10 years and that they don't think about these things like i i meet i mentor i used to mentor anyway uh but like people sometimes get through to me and they're like hey can you can we chat about my agency and i'm like wait, you're still doing client work? Like you personally are still doing client work and you're wondering why the agency is not growing. I think that's, I think that's weird. I think that's like, maybe it's, I mean, some people are just not good entrepreneurs and some people like, you know, still, you know, 50 years later would still be in the same position. Um, and maybe, you know, it's just like a, like yeah, I do speak to a lot of, agency owners who are struggling still 10 years later to get clients um still struggling really stressed out doing client work themselves and i'm just wondering maybe they don't read or maybe they don't try to get mentors or i don't know i feel like they my observation is that they lock themselves off and, and in this little they've created this little word world for themselves about what an agency should be. And they just don't take any outside advice and end up in these weird positions, which suck. And along came the book Sprint by Jake Knapp. And this was his moment where everything kind of changed. Now, this book really was the... I read that book on a flight to Lufthansa. Uh, we were doing some work with them and I brought Sprint with me. And I read it on, I read the entire book on the flight. Vehicle that pulled everything together and enabled him to realize that dream of being a company that could exist without him and could actually be sold if he ever wanted it to. Now, in the book Invincible Company by Alex Osterwalder, he talks about business model shifts. Now, one of the shifts that Jonathan Courtney did with AJ and Smart was a value proposition shift. And they moved. What I love about this video, really, Spencer is showing his depth of knowledge. He's showing, like, a lot of people in our workshop or master community try to make content. Um, but I think one of the things that they maybe miss is showing what they can do through content that's actually interesting to everybody. And this is really interesting. This content is interesting. And he's, he gets to show that he knows all of this stuff without having to say it, which is kind of cool from a service company which is essentially a full stack design and development agency and they moved their proposition to solving your challenges in just one week now in order to do this they also changed their customer segments instead of focusing on local business and maybe smaller firms they were able to take this approach of this this step-by-step -step methodology and recipe for solving different business problems and take it to big corporates something that wasn't really being done with people that were using the design sprint because the design sprint was more focused on startups now jonathan used another tool something that russell brunson calls the dream 100 and I think uh, Lufthansa was our first big corporate that we used the design sprint with. And then it was Western Digital. SanDisk was the next one. Identifying key partners that can enable you 
to access a bigger, wider audience and maybe be a catalyst for growth. Now, what Jonathan Courtney did was he actually partnered up. He flew over to meet Jake Knapp, the author of... And you heard that story earlier. Huh? It's all connecting, huh? Sprint, the book. And they actually formed a partnership that Jake Knapp just couldn't refuse. Now, what this partnership really meant for AJ and Smart was that they became a trusted partner for delivery of design sprints and they really started to own the words design sprint yep. across all in the same way that we're going to own facilitation i'm telling you this in advance i know not a lot of people listen to this podcast but we're doing the same thing for facilitation media platforms and what that partnership really looked like was around the channels and this is where it get really exciting for aj and smart they started to create an enormous body of content. They had YouTube channels, podcasts, podcasts with Jake Knapp. So if anybody was looking for information about how to run design sprints, what they would generally find is the content of Jonathan Courtney either talking to Jake Knapp or imparting... And by the way, for me, these were not like original me being really a genius coming up with these ideas. I was just following Gary Vee and I was like, I think the difference between me and a lot of people is I look at what somebody's doing and then I say, okay, I'm going to try that. And I don't question it. I just try it for a while without being like, oh, this wouldn't work for us and blah, blah, blah. And then I just see what happens. Uh, whereas a lot of people just look at Gary Vee and they're like, no, I don't like him. Like I remember we had, um, you know, our content team at AJ and Smart back then um, when I created the content team. Every time I would kind of come to them and say, hey, there's this thing that Gary Vee is doing. I want to try it. The team would always be like, no, I don't like Gary Vee, blah, blah, blah. And I would just go and do it myself. Um, this kind of, with content especially, just look at what people are doing where it's working and just copy them in the beginning and then just try to add your own flair. Um, this podcast, like this video podcast right now, this open-ended um, this kind of unedited approach, which I know some people don't like, but I like it. Um, I'm kind of copying Twitch streamers that I watch. You know, I'm, I am not original. The only thing that's original here is me personally. I am different to these people. I'm not the same person as them, but I'm, I'm just using the same system. So yeah, when we were doing content, it wasn't hyper original. I was just copying what other people were doing. Putting some kind of amazing value about what design sprints really are all about. And what those things really meant was that AJ and Smart could start to move away from day rate work and selling more days in order to make more money. And they could sell a single product. With every sales proposal that they wrote, they increased the price a bit more until it got to the point where sales started to drop. So as we zoom out of our business model canvas, you can see how it all starts to work together. Firstly, they set out to dominate the design sprint world. They did this by connecting with Jake Knapp, who wrote the design sprint book. That partnership meant that they were able to create content, YouTube videos, podcasts, and a whole load of other things. That a couple of uh, key partners are missing. Um, I would definitely say Kevin Rose was a very big key partner. Um, after we worked with him on the Oak app, he connected us to True Ventures, uh, which is like one of the biggest and best Silicon Valley venture capital firms. And they really uh, helped us getting a lot of clients as well. But it's good to just show this is just showing an example. Of course, uh, Spencer doesn't know 
the entire history of AJ and Smart. Enabled them to get kudos and credentials to be the trusted partner for delivery of design sprints, particularly focused on big corporates. That enabled them to sell and to deliver their value proposition of solving your challenges in just one week by running a design sprint. Now, the delivery teams, just delivery teams of three people, a designer, a facilitator, and a user researcher, meant that they were able to do this at scale. Mm -hmm. That, of course, led to selling a single product and rapidly increasing the price of that product so they could really make some good profits. So as I said at the beginning of this video, AJ and Smart actually had two business model shifts that enabled them to capitalize on an enormous opportunity. It's a really good video. Really, so well done. And also, it's quite engaging for for something that I think could be quite boring. I think he's done a really good... It's like the opposite of my podcast. It's, you know, this is heavily edited and really well narrated and well prepared, but... I get to I get to like watch it, which is great. So let's have a look at that second business model innovation now. So after running hundreds of design sprints, there was clearly enormous demand for them running design sprints. But they also noticed that people wanted to learn how to run design sprints themselves. So they ran some experiments to figure out if there was a new value proposition that could capitalize on this demand that people had to run their own design sprints, starting off with their value proposition. Essentially, learn how to run a design sprint. Now, of course, what they already knew is that they had these great channels because they were creating so much content. And that content was really proving that the new customer segment might be an interesting opportunity to go after individuals that were wanting to run those design sprints. Now, what they already had in their back pocket as a result of the content that they were creating were these enormous super fans. They were giving away so much valuable content through YouTube and blogs that their subscribers were... Sc yeah, a lot of the thing with content, I mean, our competitors, which I'm, I'm very happy that our competitors didn't manage to pull this off, but most of our competitors, um, they just give up making content after a few weeks. I heard a statistic yesterday that 90% of podcasters don't get to episode three. And then out of the last 10% of people, they don't like only 1% get to episode 20 or something like that. Um, our content was our secret weapon because, you know, people in companies, so somebody working in Lufthansa, like an employee of Lufthansa or an employee of, um, uh, I don't know, Amex. They're watching our videos on YouTube because they want to learn the stuff for themselves. And then they tell their boss, hey, can we like do a training? You know, when, when we're spending our budget this year, can we ask if AJ and Smart can train our team? Um, it was a, like, I remember being in the New York Times office uh, doing this hackathon with Jake and then we were getting a tour of the uh, New York Times office and like the the kind of newsroom. And I remember looking into a, a room, like into a uh, um, meeting meeting room. And there I am on the big screen, like they're watching the LDJ video that I created on YouTube uh, to teach themselves how to run LDJ. And they didn't even know I was there. <laughs> and I knocked on the window, I was waving at them. Um but yeah, it's it just making great content or making fun, entertaining content and just making it repeatedly and just keep keeping, keep at it. Um, it's hard to compete with. Guy rocketing on YouTube. 
Now, when you have an enormous fan base like that, it's actually pretty easy to mobilize that and turn them into paying customers. And that's exactly what they did first. So for these super fans, what they decided to do was open up a product ladder. They started to gather email addresses, giving away free content, giving away blogs in order to get email addresses. And with those email addresses, they essentially created a product ladder. Now, the way that a product ladder works is that you give away for... We call it a value ladder at AJ and Smart, um, but... I'm sure it's the same thing. I actually don't know what he's about to talk about here, but I think it's the same thing. Free or very cheaply, your first products, your first Oops. bits of content. So they gave away things like free ebooks, webinars, free stuff for people to dip their toe in the water before making a bigger purchase decision. Then with this product ladder that offered the next product, which is fairly expensive, but not hugely expensive, and get people to buy that first. The higher up the ladder you go, the more expensive the products become. But the psychology here for the end user or the customer is that they've gone this far, so they might as well go for the next one as well. Now, these product ladders eventually enabled them to start to sell courses. Mm. The Design Sprint Masterclass was the first proper course that AJ and Start started to sell. He said AJ and Start, he fucked up. It was priced somewhere around the thousand euros, thousand dollar kind of mark. The last time I was able to get any figures, they had sold over seven or eight thousand of these courses. So straight away, you can see that this experiment has generated multi-million dollars in revenue. But of course, with AJ and Smart, it doesn't stop there. Once they had started to exhaust that initial user base that they built up through their content, they started to take it even bigger. So starting with the same customer segment that we had previously, individuals wanting to run a design sprint, they'd already exhausted their subscribers and email lists, so they had to find new people. So they started to create a B2C sales and marketing funnel. Yes. So their key resources were very much focused on marketing and selling courses for people that were looking to start to run their own design sprint. Yeah, once we um, once we ran out of people on the mailing lists, uh, you know, myself and Laura basically just built an entire paid and organic marketing team here at AJ and Smart, and yeah, that's the ninety percent of the workshopper team. No, actually, a hundred percent of the workshopper team is basically a marketing machine. Sprints. Now, of course, they had this product ladder already in existence, ways to upsell people and a step-by-step approach going from a free product to something that's... Um, this is something that I've seen people do on Twitch. I'm going to let this run and I'm going to get myself a quick coffee and I'll be right back. So there's going to be like two minutes here where you're just listening to Spencer. I know this is cheeky, but why? Why not? Well, let's, let's just try it quite expensive but they didn't have the mechanism at that point in order to go and get those people so what of course they did was started to generate some ads now these ads were generally in facebook and instagram really trying to focus on individuals that showed some kind of interest in design design thinking in creating new products and learning about design sprints and they were able to very narrowly target those people in order to get them into the top of the funnel and then work their way through the product ladder 
starting off with how to run design sprints. Of course, they're able to sell courses, but because of the product ladder again, their price increased with the deeper that people got into the AJ and Smart world. What this then did was started to increase their social community. They started to get even more super fans that ultimately went back into this ladder and started to go for more expensive products, selling products from ranging from a thousand pounds per seat up to three thousand. They even created a super exclusive top end product for around twenty five thousand euros. Let's go over that one more time to really get a grasp of what AJ and Smart did to completely transform their business. Having run hundreds of design sprints, they knew that there was a demand for people wanting to learn how to run design sprints themselves. So their customer segment went from a B to B proposition to a B to C proposition. They started off looking at their current audience list on YouTube and through email. But when that kind of saturated, they started to do some B2C selling, creating a funnel-based marketing and sales approach. They had a product ladder that gave away free content, eBooks, webinars, in order to get people going, in order to build the trust. Now, these initial products were still very high value. They just weren't as big as the full course. And it whetted the appetite for so many people that were able to move through that product ladder in order to increase the value that they were able to capture from each customer. This old course is about how to run design sprints, generating enormous revenues. Now those people went on to deliver design sprints themselves and generated massive income, which gave them an enormous social community of people that really trusted them. They then became super fans themselves. Going back into the product ladder, they were able to increase the price the higher up the ladder those individuals started to go. But of course, don't forget that both of these business models were operating at the same time, just with different teams. And now they did actually link together at times as well, because of course these super fans often were working with these big organisations themselves. Some、Yo. of them were actually feeding into the B two B leads for the other side、I'm、of the、back. company. So actually, these two business models, whilst at first they look like they don't link together, it's actually a B two C to B business model, which means that both sides of the business can actually thrive. Now I know that that's a lot. And I do think, I honestly do think, every agency should have this set up. This,、uh, you know, here's the lower price things where we teach what we do, so you can do it yourself.、Um, and as you work your way up the ladder, the things get more expensive, and the the things are more hands on and more consulting y.、Um, I think everyone should have this business model. Lot to take in, but hopefully you're starting to see now that a if you're a an agency or consultancy that might be looking to productize your offer, you can do that in the kinds of ways that AJ and Smart have done it. But also that the power of the business model canvas is enormous.、It's、I think he did a great job there,、um, Spencer. Really, really good. Really good breakdown of the business model.、Um, obviously, there's some. Detail missing, and and the other thing is, it seems like it all happened on purpose, but it didn't. It just kind of played out、uh, year by year. This is the twelfth year of AJ and Smart, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't always that clear and running so well. It was just a slow. Like for example, the reason that we created the first Design Sprint Masterclass course was because. We had cash flow issues when it came to the agency side of the business, so you know I needed to find something that was better for cash flow, that was better for、um, just having something sort of regular in the bank account, and that's why I decided to create the Design Sprint Masterclass. 
And um, yeah, it's a really, really great breakdown. Other than that, um, not other than that, but yeah, we have the, another interesting thing is we keep the teams very separate. I keep the teams very separate. I spoke about that a couple of episodes ago. I still do that. Um, so even though I started the like online course business within AJ and Smart with the intention of slowly integrating it in once it had started to make some money, eventually I was like, actually, this team works really well without any interaction from the other team. And so I just decided to keep them separate still. And now we're slowly, slowly, slowly starting to figure out how to integrate them and how to make it so that uh, we can bring leads from uh, one team, uh, you know, bring leads cleanly from the B2C business to the B2B business. Um, it's still it's still a big, messy work in progress and it always looks more intelligent when you're looking back on it, uh, even though, of course, it was chaotic in, in actual real life. Okay, so... Um, we're going to take a quick break and when I'm back, we're going to take a look at your messages, your emails, your comments, uh, and I'm going to answer your questions. And again, thank you so much for listening. Let's chat in a few seconds. Oh, no, not that song. Now let's take a look at your messages. If you want to write into the show, all you got to do is go to howtobusiness.substack.com. Go to the latest episode and you can leave your comments right there. You can also uh, go to the YouTube video and comment under that and I'll check those too. Um, But again, I don't know the link to that right now as I'm recording this. So, you know, you can go to howtobusiness.substack.com Click on the latest episode and you'll be able to get your messages read out on this podcast. If that's what you want. If that's if that's the thing that you want. All right. So I'm going to be, it's, it's a mixture of questions and comments. Uh, and I'm just going to read through uh, a couple of them. Velen Chu says, hey, Jonathan, really like the, how, the uns- how unscheduled the episodes are. It feels like something that everyone's missing in the podcast space. A couch, a room, some drinks, and ramble away with some useful little nuggets. Uh, Chilled back and laid back conversation where only the personality shines. Thanks so much, Valen. Really appreciate it. Um, I'm also enjoying this more than uh, any sort of hardcore edited things we have to do. I do like being able to just get up and get a water. while something's playing and look i'm just testing the boundaries of creating content where i can create it consistently and in a way that i enjoy it and you know i'm also not feeling so good today i have a sore throat i'm a bit sick but i can still create the content that's that's the goal um and again i do i do have a strong belief that there is a people there are people out there who just want long form comfort noise I'm just going to move this. Wait a second. I've got this lamp that's touching on something and it's going to burn. Let me let me just do this quick. Uh, 
yeah, I do. Th- I do think there's a space for this type of content, which is uh, very unedited. It's not about learning necessarily. It's more like having a chat with me. And uh, it's more like what it would be like if you were sitting down at dinner with me and I was just rambling away. And uh, it's also relaxing, hopefully. Something to just put on in the background. You don't have to learn anything from it. That's my goal. And I know, again, of course, there's people who are like, don't like that. And I understand. But um, that's what I like. And that's what I want to do. Um, Devin Craig asks, hey, Jonathan, are, you, uh, are the free trainings you do as marketing hosted by you and AJ and Smart, or do you partner with other other organizations to help you promote to your target market? Also, do you host them only in person or also virtual? And again, how do you get attendance? Okay, partnership or just ads. We um, fill these events up using our mailing lists and we fill our mailing lists up by you know sending people to our mailing lists from YouTube and other channels, but also paid ads. Um, we host these events ourselves at our office here in Berlin. Um, we do the entire setup ourselves, the entire production ourselves. And uh, yeah, so everything ourselves. We promote it ourselves. We do everything. And it's also virtual. It's always virtual. Um, and he also follows up and says, do you only market them to your current lists or do you spend ads? Uh, money on ads. We mostly market them to our current lists, our relatively warm lists. But if we can't fill up an event, we will do ads for an event. Yeah. If you want to learn about these events, listen to last week's episode. Um, have a look here. Roddy Vonk. Thanks for the podcast again, Jonathan. I do not have a question, but wanted to make a comment on the whole being unscheduled as a CEO thing. It reminds me of a book I've been reading called Be Less Zombie by Elvin Turner. It's about innovation for leadership. And one of the chapters is about the author having been in many boardrooms and being surprised by the fact that so many top level people are busy with the day to day stuff. But in the book, from the perspective of innovation, these are the people that should be busy with more visionary things. I agree. Learning. Oh, why did it pop there? Let's see. No fucking idea. Um, learning about trends in society, technology, and politics, etc. To be able to develop a strate- strategy to guide the organization in the future. Day-to-day stuff should be the to-do list of managers just below them in the hierarchy. The whole unscheduled approach you discussed reminds me of this book. Yeah, I 100% agree. That's my job at AJ and Smart is to like look for what's going on in the market, be on the lookout for new things to do as a business. Um, and not I'm not managing people. I'm not doing invoices. I'm not trying to get clients and I'm not doing client work. I, I, I say to entrepreneurs, you know, if you're trying to build a real business, you should not be doing client work sales or management those three things all right column writes in uh oh yeah <laughs> column column was one of the people uh who was saying that episode two was a bit ra- ra- was episode two was a lot better than episode one because episode one was so rambly he writes it's kind of like a a bit of a script here dialogue jonathan if you thought episode two was better than episode one, then you're going to like this one. You're not going to like this one. Column. Grr. But in fact, it isn't that bad. He said the last episode wasn't that bad. Thank you, Column. 
Lots and lots of good stuff in there amongst the ramblings. Indeed, some of the best insights are buried within the ramblings. And I'm also glad to be a member of the Irishman wearing Birkenstock, Birkenstocks Club. Three members so far, Pierce, Jonathan, and myself. Guys, if you're not wearing Birkenstocks, it's a problem. Um, Sam Pedersen asks, do I think passion is overrated? <laughs> yes. Um, I'm not like passionate. It's not like I'm going around every day getting up in the morning and I'm like, oh my God, facilitation. Oh my God, design sprints. Oh my God, this is my life. Um, but yeah, I get like, I get like really interested in these things for a little while and then I, uh, get obsessed with them for a little while and then I integrate them, but it's not like passion. It's more like, no, I don't know. I'm not so passionate about so many things for me. I'm, I guess I'm passionate about being independent and not having anyone telling me what to do. <laughs> and I like running a business, but I definitely think passion is overrated. I know people say like, find your passion, follow your passion. I don't know what my passion is. Um, so yeah, I think it, I, I do think it's one of those things that, oh shit, I just fucked with the screen now. Ah, if you change the size of the screen, it changes it here too. So yeah, I don't, I, I'm not a big passion guy. Um, yeah, it's not my thing. Vasil asks, and finally someone asked me some questions that I actually care about. And I'm just kidding. What games are you playing? Any favorites? And what's good for single player and what's good for multiplayer? I'm currently still playing Elden Ring on the Xbox One X, uh, Xbox Series X, and I love it. It's definitely one of those games where I'm constantly in awe of the work that the developers have done. And when I see some, when I see a creation like this, it it just blows my mind. I'm just like everything I'm doing is crap compared to this. Like the the amount of effort and love that goes into every moment of that video game. I just don't know how they got it done. I really don't know how the From Software team created Elden Ring. Um, beautiful game, super impressive technically, and just unbelievable. I don't know how humans created this. Um, I'm also playing, uh, I also have a Steam Deck at the moment, which Ammer from AJ and Smart has given me a loan of, and I'm playing uh, Vampire Survivor. Uh, my girlfriend's also playing this. It's super fun. Uh, so that's a super fun single player game. Um, so yeah, Elden Ring, um, Vampire Survivor, and the last big multiplayer game I played was Valheim. Valheim, really loved it. Really amazing. But I don't play, I love video games, but I don't play them so much. I generally find my work to be more of a video game than video games. So it's actually hard for me to do other stuff besides work. And no, that doesn't mean I'm a workaholic. It just means I like work more than most things. So it's hard to get me to do anything besides like tinker around on the business. Um, by the way, if I sound low energy, my voice is just fucked. So I have to be quiet. I'm, I'm like speaking very quietly here. Um, Oliver writes, Hey, Jonathan, I really like the last two episodes. The topic of work-life integration, a.k.a. how do I have social interactions while hustling, resonates with me. I have no solutions for that. I can only 100% agree. 
I learned that everybody likes to meet and hang out around, hang around private and business, but only a small percentage take actions and create opportunities. When you create opportunities, hey, like to hang around, people will happily join and thank you for that. Just like the article you're reading out loud, you have to actively manage it. Otherwise, it won't happen, like working out and other stuff. Okay, I think then he moves on to a different topic. Your selling strategy, free workshop with hard sell at the end, piqued my interest. Can you deep dive? <laughs> please dive deeper into that in a later episode. Like, how did you end up doing that? And why does it perform better than email whatsoever or making a landing page? We've been doing these. Um, I'm literally just sitting back and chilling right now. If you're looking at. Uh, <laughs> hey. We've been doing this method of selling for a very long time uh these live streams these live trainings i learned them from just this the the whole direct sales marketing world uses them a lot these free trainings um webinars whatever they are and i just tried one one time and i it just worked it sold really well and I think it, why it sells well is because it's like a two-hour session where people get to know you. They're coming to learn. They're not coming to buy something. So they're coming to a free training, which is a lot easier to get people to go to than a landing page or uh, just sales emails. And it warms people up to the product you're going to sell them. So we basically do like an hour and 30 minutes of teaching and then we'll do like a hard pitch at the end where we're like, this is the product, this is how much it costs, we'd like you to buy it. And then we'll follow up with a lot of emails over the next few days. So we, we put a limit on how many days you can buy it so that there's some urgency and then we really do close it. Um, yeah, for us, it's just been an extremely great way to sell online courses or sell, um, you know, our retreat last year that we sold out. We did that with a live stream it just makes people, I guess it creates a lot of urgency. The live aspect of it makes it really interesting. You can do a live Q&A so you can already ask, answer people's uh, questions and worries that they have about buying the product, the things that maybe they would, would stop them buying the product. Uh, you can answer that live on air. And um, yeah, it's a, it's fun as well. If you've ever been to one of our live streams, we make it, I, I kind of got... Uh, inspired by tony robbins and we added music in and we added new camera angles in and we danced at the start of this one last week uh a lot of dancing so yeah i don't know it's a it also plays to my strengths i'm sort of when i'm not sick and not tired which seems to be always on the podcast right um i can snap into like a presenter mode quite easily uh so yeah it's it's just worked really really well for us uh, doing these things so we every time we're thinking about making a landing page and doing anything like conventional we always fall back on fuck it let's just do a live stream instead that's what happens this this little click noise i need to figure out what's causing it next time maybe it's this cable no is it this? No. I think it's static. Uh, okay, so yeah, that's that's the follower. That's the reason why. <laughs> um, I hope that makes sense. We we just love we just love doing live streams. They're super fun. 
Uh, but next month we're probably going to try it without a live stream and just with, um, yeah, just with uh, emails. Matt Dominiki says, not planning on missing an episode, but when you read the article verbatim, I kind of fell asleep. Maybe just give us the TLDR version and uh, we're more interested in your thoughts on it. Uh, yeah, last week I read an article verbatim. Um, the thing about me giving a TLDR is, is that I actually have to put effort into that and I don't want to. So reading the article verbatim is easier for me. And if you learn anything from this podcast, it's about I'm trying to get these episodes out regularly at the expense of it being extremely engaging. So it might not be extremely engaging, um, but they're happening all the time. And maybe they'll get more engaging over time. I think uh, today, you know, adding the video aspect is going to make it a bit more engaging, even if I am lower energy than usual. Um, yeah, so I get I get the fact that you think uh, last week's episode was a little bit boring when I was reading the article I agree, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this episode's not about, you know what, This if you fall asleep listening to these episodes, it's a good thing. This is a comfort noise podcast. It's not about, you, you don't have to sit down with your notepad, just just listen to it and chill, you know, that's, that's the goal of this podcast. It's not about, it isn't about just like hardcore learning. That's, that's my like art direction on this thing anyway. Um. Yeah, I don't think I can do much more. My voice is just dying more and more every minute. Uh, I'd, I'd love to get this. I'd love to get the podcast up to two hours or even longer. <laughs> uh, if you if you're enjoying it, if you're enjoying this podcast, please let me know. Remember, you can write into howtobusiness.substack.com and just go to the latest episode. Uh, just type type your comment onto this episode, and I'll read it out next episode. You can also comment under the YouTube video. Uh, maybe by the time this episode comes out, if the YouTube video has worked well, I'll put the link in the description. Just subscribe to that channel. It's probably going to be like called the unscheduled CEO on YouTube. Um, subscribe to that channel and then you'll get the videos. If I keep making the videos, let me know. Let me know if you like the video format. I know it's just like me sitting here with no editing, but let me know if you liked having that on in the background while you're cooking and just being able to see me actually do things. Um, uh, let me know in the comments on YouTube and please do share, you know, share the podcast or share the episode on YouTube. If you enjoy listening to this kind of stuff, um, because for me, it's all about the numbers and if the numbers go down, I'll just stop making the episode. So if you really like this, um, help me out, help me out and get a, get some more people listening to it. Um, yeah, thank you so much. If you got this far, if you got to the end of the episode, uh, thanks for listening. I really appreciate your time. Next week, we're going to be talking about getting what you want and like tactics for getting what you want out of life. I've got a, quite a few things around that topic. Um, it's just a deeper topic, so I said I won't do it this week. And uh, I think I also skipped it last week. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks so much. And it's been fun figuring all of this technical stuff out. Uh, even if the podcast fails miserably, it's been real fun to just learn how to do all this stuff. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you all next week.
Thank you and bye-bye.